This is Next Level, an Align Life Pro real-life case study that follows the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert, and New York Times best-selling author, Michael Linton, as they guide me, Mike Gandolfo, a small business owner, on a journey to triple my business. We invite you to join us so that we can all learn to become better leaders that know how to work on their business and not just in their business. All right, welcome back to the Align Life Pro. This is Next Level, a real-life case study of uh, trying to take RE Solutions, my real estate company, and I'm uh, getting the professional help of the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert, uh, to help triple our business, as well as Mr. Lennington, who who presented to our audience of uh, agents for the first time, and I think it was really well-received on uh, on what we call our uh, annual meeting day. Um, it was great to have you guys in the audience, Kristen. I really enjoyed the time that we spent with with you guys. Um, that's that's my sweet spot anyway. I love that. Yeah. But what I love even more than that was watching the engagement from your agents. Yeah, it was good, right? I mean, I, I, um, I thought everything was really well received. Um, I guess the best compliment I can get from my agents when I'm taking them through three sessions like that was, man, that, that went by really fast because when you sit down for a – you know, nine to one kind of thing. And they sit there and tell you that it went by fast knowing everything that everyone's got to do. That's just, uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty good, that's about as good as a compliment you're going to get from real estate agents. Well, I also have to advocate the fact that you guys had mimosas. I think, I think that's a great idea. I think everybody should have mimosas at their meetings. Well, I mean, you got to celebrate, right? Exactly. And you we know. were doing that because that was just coming off the, uh, the big, 10 year anniversary party and big, big milestone weekend. Yeah. Got the uh, Danville office launched yesterday. We're calling it the RE solutions of the bluegrass. And um, that was a big, big deal for us. Had a great, uh, we basically didn't repeat the entire day that we did in Louisville on Tuesday. We had to adjust it for the audience a little bit and, uh, uh, and what we did in Danville, but now we just, we just grew just like that. And, um, at the excitement level is really, really high. And, um, you know, just it's pretty surreal, honestly, just to kind of think of the progress that has just already happened and, um, we're going to keep it going. So, uh, you know, uh, getting into this last quarter of the year, those last real 12 week plan of the year, which is independent of each other because the 12 week year is not, uh, aligned with annual thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, it's not. It's not. But we had it part of the part of the meeting that we kind of ended up with was a a little bit of an impromptu planning session after what Michael did because really our agents were kind of and I think we've said this on this conversation before in this in this podcast, but they were kind of thrust into the 12 week year thinking. It took them a couple of weeks to kind of embrace it. And uh from going from something that um they had to do to something they that they want to do and they feel like they need to do. So, um, and and quite honestly, they never did it with it connected to a vision. And, no, they didn't. Right. I mean, it was basically go out there and be more productive. And um, now they're all working on their visions. They got to hear the vision talk from uh, Mr. Lincoln. I, and oddly enough, Kristen, we've talked about this before many episodes ago, before we were doing this whole case study. When you all use the word vision, people tend to just tune out. Yeah. And and I can even raise my hand to that and say, I used to be that person too, 
But anybody that knows me now, that's what I start with. I talk about how powerful um, vision is in, in creating plans, helping you to maintain the plans when, when you're having to face embracing a grind. That's what's going to pull you through. But I can tell you the first time I ever did a vision, it was like, oh, what's the point in this? This is a waste of time. I let a lot of my thinking biases get in the way. You know, I've only ever been able to do this. Why would I ever think I could ever have any more than that? And the whole purpose of a vision is to have that compelling why. Um, if you if you just write a vision down and you tuck it away, it's about the odds of a coin toss just a little bit less. You got you got about a forty percent chance of achieving that. Um, and I'm a, I'm testament to that. When we moved here to Kentucky, pulled my vision out that I found that had been tucked away in an old filing cabinet that we were purging and getting rid of. And you always want to check documents, make sure there's no personal information in there that you might need to shred. And that's what I was doing. And lo and behold, here's this folded up piece of paper from, I don't know, 2008, 2009. I don't remember. It was quite a while ago. And I looked at it. It was like, check, 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 check. I mean, most of that vision came to fruition. <clears throat> Some of the details were not not exactly what I had written on there, but but the vision of the horses moving, breeding, all of that, all of that came to fruition. So there was something inside of me somewhere that was, you know, compelling that I was carrying around with me that I wasn't consciously engaging. Once you start consciously engaging and embracing that vision and you have a plan to help you get there, you're 95% likely to achieve that goal. So I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is to start with a vision. And that's actually kind of um, where we are too. Like I, I uncovered the vision that I wrote in the, the uh, in my Buffini workbook in 2011. We read it out loud to the group. Well, literally what I wrote down in 2011 that even talked about opening the second office. And oddly enough, the goal of 365, when we multiplied it by about what Louisville's average sales price is, I had a goal of $75 million in production and like, that's basically right on it. It was, it was kind of eerie, wasn't it, Kristen? I mean, uh, and it took my buddy, Greg Chaplin at, at, um, in May when we were at that event to kind of get reconnected with what that vision is. And, um, and then we started putting plans around it and now we're, we're making it happen, you know? So, um, it was, I don't know. I mean, I know I got emotional a lot of different times to, <laughs> Well, and you should, because how many times do we say, you know, this, you should be emotionally connected yeah, to this. Right. So I'm going to surprise you on this podcast and talk to you uh -oh. about something you have no idea happened. All right. um, you have a little inkling because of our show notes I sent over to you, but I don't even know where you were during the planning session, but um, Darcy reached out to me. Uh -huh. And she said, I want to, I want to talk to you about vision. I'm, I don't, I don't have one. I'm struggling with it. And I said, I would love to do that. Let's, let's carve out some time together. Let's walk through this. So it was the very next day we scheduled time in the afternoon and uh, we, we just had a lead in and she's like, I just, you know, I, I went to Disney world. That was a great thing. You know, took my family. I accomplished that goal but she said, long term, I don't I don't have a vision. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing every day. I love what I do, but to what purpose? And I said, okay, let's start with that. And I said, we're going to do a mind map. And we walked through it, told her, this is if you had a magic wand, if money were no issue, if you could just manifest, manufacture, make up anything, no matter how silly it is, you know, 
a trillion gazillion dollars, 45 houses across the globe, whatever. It doesn't matter. This isn't about reality. It's about dreaming and we're going to dream big and then we're going to bring it in. So I kind of verbally incorporated the have do be exercise into this as well. But I started not, with, again, not have a doobie, right? Not have a doobie, but what do you want to have? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? And so I just started asking her questions and by the time we got done with her mind map, I had to shrink it to fit on one page. We had bubbles everywhere. I know I'm not supposed to draw circles, but my mind map makes bubbles. <laughs> my mind web, my mind map software. Um, but we had, we had, we had all kinds of stuff on this page. And then, so I brought it back to reality. Then I said, okay, you know, what on here really excites you? What, what's your jam? What's your tuning fork? What vibrates you? And she started talking about a couple of different things. And when we do the have, do, be exercise, I always tell people too, when we start seeing common themes showing up in your have column, your do column, and your be column, that's usually where some of your real passions lie. You want to pay attention to that. And we started seeing that just in the mind map. So we brought it, we brought it closer. Um, She's really, really excited. And so I thought, hey, that was fun. That was good. We we made some progress. Oh, wait, That's it awesome. gets better. There's more. Okay. <laughs> I got an email from her that um, I got to ask her permission to share it as a testimony because it's one of the um, most powerful emails I've gotten from somebody in a long, long time about how she was just so thankful um, she didn't know this was inside of her. It was great to get it out. She was just so excited now to connect that to what she was doing in this next 12 week plan. And she said, I know without a doubt, I'm going to achieve these goals. And it was just, it was really great, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I, she's, she's probably been the one that's been the most transformed. Oh, I think so. I really yeah. think so. And just, you know, going from kind of just existing and just doing stuff and not really tracking anything and whatever else and having ups and downs and uh, lacking focus sometimes, but now she's, she's on it. So, um, so this goes back to what you were talking about. You know, we had them step into this, this tracking, yeah. we kind of had them dipping their toe in their water, in the water, but not really executing a 12 week year, so to speak. But um, we didn't do vision at all. It was just like, here it is. This is what we're going to do. And you get to do this. You don't have to do it, but you get to do it. And, uh, that was what came up in the planning session. People didn't have their, if they didn't have a vision or if they had one, how it directly tied to the brokerage numbers that we're, we're running towards that, that brokerage vision. And so then we mind mapped in the, the session with your agents and started making that connection for them, what it could mean for them individually. And I think we really, we really connected those dots for them. And I, I am really excited to see what's going to happen next. So a couple things on that. I mean, um, you know, we did kind of push the 365 number out in front of them for the first time. Um, and I thought it was well-received, you know, it was kind of hard, to, uh, hard, sometimes it's hard for me to gauge up there, but it seemed like it was well-received. Um, you know, especially that we're looking at that 365 number as a way to kind of spread the, the good word that, you know, of how we operate and what we do. Um, I also hear you talking and I keep on thinking about, that word why, and I keep on thinking that there's two different types of why. Tell me. And you got the why, like you just did with Darcy, you like, you know, what are you working for towards and whatever else? But then 
there's also the why of why do you do what you do? Like, I do think that my agents are uh, really committed to this aspect of providing a different real estate experience for their clients that they don't, that you don't get at most places. And so the, the whole living that mission statement of, for us, it's revolutionizing real estate one relationship at a time by valuing the transaction over, or sorry, valuing the relationship over the transaction because everyone deserves to have a trusted advisor who's looking out for their best interest. So I, I think that they take that, that really seriously and knowing that they're kind of fighting the good fight uh, per se and really serving people and not necessarily selling to them. You know, I think that that why also, you know, I think both whys are important and you have to tap into either one of them at different times. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And and the more you change your thinking, the more your accents change. And I got to tell you, when I first started meeting real estate agents, um, my perception of real estate agents was probably pretty akin to my perception of financial advisors when I first met them, you know, and, and I'm not going to dig into my descriptors very much, but there's just, just, kind just of go this, Google realtors are and let it auto fill. Oh see yeah. Exactly right. right. There's, there's all these stereotypes and, um, and you're not dealing with the typical real estate agents. Let's just well, say. no, no, right. we're not, not at all. So that's the other piece to this. You know, you are not a typical brokerage. You're not a typical real estate agent. You are, you are embodying that level of excellence that, that you want to achieve. And, you know, when I started seeing numbers of agents who are in Buffini coaching and agents who aren't, and, you know, first years in the business, three years in the business, seven years in the business, and the whole, whole white hat mindset that goes along with that. I mean, those numbers are triple what typical agents tend to meet. So, you know, it's all in alignment. We're kind of like in this, this three, we're working in, in the number three, triple your business. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm babbling because I'm just sometimes Mike, I'm amazed at the, the level of quality, the level of professionalism, the, the level of caring and love from all these, these people. And, and it, showing up big time just in your brokerage with your group of people, how they're not pulling apart. They're not competing against each other. They're, they're helping each other. They're encouraging each other. They're all in an individual growth mindset, as well as being a, a team member growth mindset too. It's, it's amazing. I appreciate that. So, um, all right. Vision though, is only one aspect of the five principles of the 12 week year. Yeah. We talk about the five principles. Um, so planning would be after you get your vision, you know, you, you need to put a plan to it, right? You need to go through like, okay, what can I get done in the next 12 weeks to uh, make move needle as what we were talking about the other day, move the needle towards um, that vision that I want to have. And that, that piece Again, you just said, once you start putting a plan towards that vision, you've got that compelling vision, that the emotional connection to that vision, and you put that that really strong plan next to it, you're 95% likely to start hitting these goals and, and making the progress that you want. Right. And I'll, I'll take those odds to Vegas any day at 95%. You know, if you have a terminal illness and the doctor says, we do this treatment, your odds of living are 95%. I'm going to take those odds. So 
you know, knowing that your plan is on track 95%, oh yeah, I'll take it because it's going to be far better. Even, even at 95% of goal, it's going to be far better than what you were just plotting along at and hoping might happen. And then of course we take the plan and we've got to make sure that we're score scoring the plan, that how important that is to be scoring the plan. So you're tracking your execution and your progress. And then we use the quadrants. We've talked about the quadrants before, not too long ago, just a couple episodes back about how you, um, you know, make your adjustments basically, you know, obviously if you're executing and you're progressing towards your goal, you don't need to do anything. You're all good. That's exactly what we want. If you're not ex- if you are executing and you're not making progress to your goal, you might have to confront your plan maybe, or maybe it just needs a little more time to marinate, but uh, don't let it go too long before you start making adjustments to your plan of, of, so you get the results that you want. If you are not executing and you're not getting progress, which is what you would expect if you're not executing that you won't be making progress. Um, you need to confront that execution. You need to ask yourself the hard, hard questions. You know, number one, are you capable of doing what you got to do? We're going to kind of talk about that actually in the next episode, you know, uh, and I'm looking at that capable thing from a whole different uh, perspective, actually. You know, I, I, I tend to think that when I say, are you capable of it? I always say like, oh yeah, I mean, I can, I can do anything. But then at the, at the idea, I can do it. I can do anything, but I can't do everything. Kind of mindset, right? Right. Uh, are you, uh, do you have the skills, the knowledge and the tools that you need to be able to execute? You know, and then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, if you got, if you're, if you're saying, hey, I'm good on all those fronts, why aren't you, you know, you got to get to the bottom of the pool as our friend Andy Andrews says, and figure out why you're not executing. Why are you interested and not committed to what you were supposed to be doing? And then finally, the, uh, if you are not executing, but you are making progress to your goal, more than likely you've got something that is working for you. You maybe had an, an anomaly of a result or you have something working for you that's uh, not in your plan that you need to incorporate into your plan. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, sometimes you get lucky, but more often than not, in a case like that, you're doing something that um, maybe did get lucky with an opportunity, but then you got intentional about working it to get the results you're getting. So let's bring that into the formal capacity and confines, <clears throat> excuse me, of your plan and really see what we can capture then. And then uh, you get into the process control aspect. This is the the fourth principle of the 12 week year. Process control is printing out your plan and having that, that weekly plan in front of you. Some people don't like to have that printed plan, but we like to call it your paper conscience. Um, and we joke that the best plans have coffee stains on them, written notes, you know, phone messages, whatever. But it's it's just a, a visual aspect of your day and how you're and there's actually literally like I think taking the pin and crossing something off because you completed or checking into the box or whatever else. Like that's a mini reward system. Yeah, it is. It is. And if you've got something online or electronic or you have to log into it, it kind of lessens the impact. And there's the muscle memory aspect that goes along with that as well, Mike. The more connected you are with with the physical muscle and the, the um, physical action of doing something, not logging into a computer and checking a box on a screen, but writing something out, scratching something out, um, you're much more likely to do it the next time. Um, we also talk about having a weekly accountability meeting. So if you do not have an accountability partner, get one or two or six, um, but come to the table with, here's my plan. This is how I'm executing. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's what I need help with. Here's what I'm committed to doing the next week. Short, sweet, to the point. The fewer number of people you have in a WAM group, the 
fewer amount of time you need to run that group. It should be no more than let's say three to five minutes a person. Yeah, right? basically, yeah. basically. It's not a place to solve problems. It's a place to confront execution, solving the execution problem, <clears throat> something you do offline then. And then, um, what am I missing? Uh, you said, see, you hit the, you hit the plan. We score the plan and we, and we, um, oh, we plan, participate plan, in WAM. Yeah. You plan your week. So when you print yeah. out your, your weekly plan, um, make adjustments if you need it. Um, but typically if your plan's well-written, you've, it's already ready to go and, and you just, you execute. It's going to take you a couple of tries, by the way. You're not going to have a well-written plan your first time out. We, we've said that many times and don't, it's okay. Perfect doesn't live here. Nope. Uh, and you're just going to continually improve on those plans. So, uh, all that kind of wraps up into, so Kristen and I were, were at the back of the room on Tuesday. Uh, just, we almost both leaned back simultaneously to the point where Michael was up there talking through these five principles. He stopped and he was like, do you all want to say something? Like he looked at us like, do you guys want to say something? And, uh, uh, which normally we would, but, but no, we were just waiting to see if he was going to use time allocation or if he was going to use time use. Um, and it kind of ruined the moment because he had time use on the slide and he uh, was able to pivot um, because he knew what we were kind of waiting to see what he would say. Because listen, when it comes to time allocation, I, I don't want to know. I want you to get out of the, of the, of the mindset of how I spend my time to how am I investing my time? You know, time is a resource that we cannot get back. And so you need to look at it just like money. You know, it's got to be budgeted. It's got to be allocated. Um, and you need to figure out where is the best investment of your time going to be. Mike, that's, that's a great statement. You know, I, I try to get people to think about <clears throat> their minutes like dollars and if you have a if you have a home budget or a business budget, you know you have a certain amount of fixed cost that that's your monthly nut, and those have to be covered. So you know there's a minimum amount of money that's got to go towards a minimum number of of fixed cost. And after that, then you get to choose where you get to spend your money on things you want to spend it on. Well, if you think about your time like that, you know if every minute's a thousand dollars. Where are you putting those $1,000? The first ones are going to be on the most important things in your business. I, I would equate it to those fixed costs. So in your case, in the real estate world, it's those core foundational activities about building relationships because you are a referral-based business and you, you work by referral and you build relationships. So it's going to be the calls, the notes, the Popeyes and asking for those referrals. So if you're, you, you cover those costs, then what, what, dollars do you have left over? What time do you have left over? And where do you want to spend your time? And as you said, it's, it's about where you get the biggest bang for your buck. Where do you get the biggest return on those investments? So your time should be allocated to those high dollar, high value activities, not the to-do list, not the easy stuff. You know, it's the $500 an hour activities, not the $25 an hour activities. Well, when you really think about it too, like even if you just said each minute's a dollar, I mean, if I had this hour blocked out, sixty sixty dollars, would I uh, would I would I spend sixty dollars to pay pay sol- uh, to play solitaire? And then when you think about it from the investment mindset, hey, can I spend this sixty dollars to go make uh, five phone calls that might be worth one hundred and fifty dollars a piece? 
And yeah, that's, that's there's the investment, right? Then I can get the return on the investment. Yeah, you, know? you got to start thinking like that. You, you can't just, that goes back to what we talk about all the time. Annualized thinking. We think we have a lot of time to get stuff done. That even boils down to day tight compartments. We think in an eight hour day, we have a lot of time to get stuff done. And how many times have you gotten to the end of the day and you go, I got nothing done. Where did the time go? Well, let's go back and, and see where you spent your time. Um, oh, yeah, I had a little, I needed a mental break. So I, I one game of solitary, which turns into 45 minutes later. Oh, I got to go do something else. And statistics show that on any given day, Mike, most people waste two hours of any given day right off the bat. So in an eight hour day, now you're down to six. What do you need to get done in six hours that you're, you, you think you have eight hours to get it done. So now you've, you've eliminated that. Then you talk about the distractions. And as we boil this down, boil this down, basically at the end of the day, you have about two to three hours of really productive time that, oh. that you get stuff done. All right, we're going a little long, and so I want to, but I, I really kind of want to geek out on this math because it kind of like gets me. Like, so like, if we looked at each minute as a dollar, you know, a lot of people would love to make sixty dollars an hour because that's you're making about one hundred and twenty grand a year at, right. at that point. That's a nice living, right? And that's basically if you made your your dollar return the dollar, right? But if you're taking that dollar, that if you know that that's, that 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 every hour is costing you $60 and you think you have that mindset of every hour is costing me $60 and you're like, okay, I need to five exit. I need a 10 exit. I need to take this $120,000 investment and turn it into, you know, $500,000 or whatever, whatever you want to make in the year. I, I think that's a game changer when of way of kind of thinking it, you know, I think of, it is too. Saying, yeah. I, I really, really, really like that idea of uh, just really saying, "Hey, every dollar's a minute." You know, if you if you were going to make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, every dollar's a minute. And are you going to go watch TV? Are you going to go run errands? Because this is what happens in our industry. They people start off, and they've got all this free time because they don't have any leads yet. When they start, and they don't realize that no, I, I've got to commit to doing eight hours of work activity today, so that I can get to this level. I, it's I can't go run errands. I can't go do all this other stuff that I might have the free time to do. I need to invest this time where it's going to be the best. I need to invest this time in lead generation. And I need to invest this time in growing myself and my skills and knowledge base and, and go from there. So I, I love it. All right, Kristen, this was a really good episode. Um, again, thank you, Michael, very much for your participation in the last week, whether it was the Saturday night dinner and the, uh, or the party and, uh, or the, um, uh, the, the event on Tuesday, really looking forward to what we got going forward. So, um, and just, you, just so everybody knows he's not here today because we are still finalizing the book. <laughs> yes. You heard us say we got the manuscript. He got the manuscript and I didn't write this book. Um, so now they're in the, the, the final edits and the very, very final edits are due Monday. And so, um, He's been, he and Brian have just been grinding the last, last few days and uh, they're going to, they're going to take advantage of the minutes they have and invest this weekend to finalize that, to get that big return. All right. So on the next episode, we're going to talk about confronting capacity. That's what we're going to, what we're going to get on. So um, stay tuned. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at coach at alignlifepro.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the future. You have been listening to Next Level by the Align Life Pro. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to coach 
at AlignLifePro.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.